Welcome to the Third City Podcast. This is Brandon Rubin, parent, educator, and aspiring everythingologist. Third City is a fictional place of virtual reality that lives in my mind. However, as time flows forward and the virtual becomes more real, the border between fact and fiction is blurring. And as I put Third City out into the world, it's growing, it's evolving with your assistance. Your conscious attention is part of the invention. So thanks for listening. I'll see you on the flip side. Shalom, this is Baruch Meir ben Yonah Halevi. Welcome to Synchronicity, or as we would call it in Hebrew, Hashkacha Pratit, or in Ashkenaz, Hashkacha Pratis. I did not have a clear and present synchronous moment this week that I thought was relevant, or at least one that I wasn't aware of that I felt was relevant to share. So I thought I would share... Um, a important synchronous moment in my life from my past that's still affecting me to this very day. I'm going to bring you back to the year 1998 and in that time I was um, I just graduated from college and I was traveling. I was on the east coast of America. I was visiting some friends that I had made throughout my college years and through um, my study abroad program in Costa Rica. I was driving to New York, to Philadelphia, to Maine to visit certain people. And it happened to be, my plan was really to go from Princeton to Philadelphia to Maine and then home. While I was in Princeton, my friend there um, convinced me to spend the night in New York City, even though it wasn't part of my plan, um, just because she knew where I was in my life at that point and knew that... um, I was really into my into art and music and all that kind of stuff. She thought it would be a good idea for me to spend a day in New York. Um, so I did. And so I parked my car and I stayed at a hostel. It cost me more to park my car than it cost for the hostel. And I spent the day like walking around the city and I don't know, even know what I did. I don't know, just checking out, just being in the, in the energy of uh, Manhattan. Um, that evening, I went. The afternoon, I went to a movie called Pi, P.I., which is memorable for some of its, um, particularly because of some of its Jewish content, uh, even though it's not a Jewish movie, but there's some, um, there's some Jewish ideas that are introduced that I'd never heard before, which is relevant. Um, and when I came out of that movie, I was on my way to uh, Washington Square Park, and I was going to go to see jazz at night. There's a place called the Village Vanguard. It's like a famous jazz club. And as the sun was going down that evening, I decided to stay in the park for um, instead of going to the Village Vanguard. Um, I think I was going to go later. It wasn't late enough. And I was in this place called Washington Square Park, which is in like the southern like part of Manhattan. It's near where New York University is. And it's a place known for people like to hang out and like uh, play guitar and skateboard and that kind of stuff. So I planted myself down like there's like a circle where you walk around, and I planted myself down like uh, on one of like the concrete blocks near like a tree. And there's a particular like a sight that came to me with like a strange contrast of 
two things I'll explain. So there's a guy, like a middle-aged guy, maybe in his, like, I don't know, I was in my 20s then, but he seemed like maybe he was in his 40s or 50s. He's wearing, like, blue jeans and blue jean jacket and, like, a dirty T-shirt kind of. He had, like, glasses maybe and a hat, something like that. And he was playing the guitar just like a, like a folk singer. you think he'd be playing, like, Bob Dylan or, like, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young or something like something of that, like, 60s, like, sort of folk, folk guitar. That's, like, the, that's the look he had. But the song he was playing like is a very striking contrast. So I don't know if my listeners are gonna know this, but there's like a woman named Tina Turner. She was like a a soul star or whatever, and she had like a a big hit in the '80s called "What's Love Got to Do with It." They made a movie called that. It's like, oh, what's love got to do? You know, and she and the, there's a video like when I was a kid. They used to watch MTV. Like she had a video. She's like walking around the city and like. That was, I just, it was, and it just it just struck me the contrast because it wasn't the kind of song you would imagine this guy singing because it was kind of like a an African American soul song of this like woman and he was like this it just didn't it just didn't mess. it was like a strange sight and I remember like thinking to myself and the people at the park also had this impression too because there was now I don't know if this is actually true or not but I've told the story so many times at this point this is this is how I tell the story so I assume it comes from some source of reality because I don't know why I would have said it if it wasn't true. Um, but I just can't, like, it's at this point in my life, I'm so much, such a long time ago, can I actually remember, no, I can remember how, how to tell the story, so, so you'll bear with me. But more or less, what I, my memory of it is, is the people that were there were, well, this is like, I'll say it like this. Normally when there's someone playing the guitar in the park, there's two, like, reactions. It's like, ignore the guy and just walk by, or maybe throw, like, coins into his, like, uh, guitar case. Or it's like, um... Or it's like, stop and watch. But the people that were there, like a bunch of them, I don't know, maybe it was only two or three, but they were doing neither. They like they were watching him, but they were like a little bit too close into his personal space. My assumption was that like they were just like weirded out by that, that it was this guy singing that song, which is kind of weird. So people were just a little bit struck. So as this scene is happening, like across the park, I catch eye with this girl, um, which I remember. And at some point, it's like a maklokes between me and her, this is my wife, Ariella. At this point, at some point, she was like walking around the circle and I was sitting down. Now, I think I probably said something to her first. I think she put herself, I think we noticed each other and I think she put herself in like talking distance as she walked around and I like noticed her and as she came closer to me, I think she put herself, I, I, my, my, uh, I think I said something to her first, but I think she kind of put herself in that place, if that makes any sense. So I said something to her, I said, hello, and then we started talking, whatever. And at this, this was the point in my life where she was young and I was young and we were just like hanging out and we were the kind of people who were artistic and young and looking to meet people and, and open-minded. And so we started talking. We spent like a, a while just chatting. I remember she told me, I remember her name was Ariella. Her name was Ariella Kaufman, so she's obviously Jewish. She was from New Toronto. She was there like for art school. That was interesting to me and we talked. We talked about the books we read. I have, even have my journal today where I have like notes that I wrote down about meeting her that night. And I wrote down her address. She lives in Toronto. Um, so that evening, she was there with the park with a few friends. So like, I don't know, we ended up just spending, I didn't end up going to the Village Vanguard. I ended up just like spending time in her with the park. And then we like, we took a walk me around the block. We, we spent, I don't know, a number of hours, I would say, talking. Um, just like, because we just, we just hit it off. It's like a nice conversation. We just enjoyed talking to each other. And as it got later, she had to leave. She was with her friends. And um, I think she had assumed I was just from New York because, yeah, because I didn't say otherwise, I guess, in the conversation. And so as we were, like, saying goodbye, I thought maybe we kind of, like, 
said something about meeting up again or something like that. And I said, you know, I'm leaving. I'm driving to Maine tomorrow. Um, and somehow, I guess we both felt such a strong connection that we felt like we needed to see each other again. So we made a plan to like meet at like 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning the next day back in Manhattan. So she went back to Brooklyn with her friends. And I spent the rest of that night like walking around Manhattan. I don't think I went back to sleep. I don't think I went back to my hostel. I went to sleep at all. Maybe I did. I, went to, I remember going to the park, to Central Park and doing Tai Chi. And I lost my Detroit Tigers hat that night also, which is some kind of, I don't know, some kind of hushkaka for that also. And lo and behold, I'm back in the park at 8 or 9 in the morning, and it's like, it's empty. It's like, you know, I don't know, Saturday, Sunday morning. And I'm in Washington Square Park. It's like, there's no one there. And I see coming up the street, there's like someone in a red hooded sweatshirt, and it was Ariella. And we spent that morning talking to each other. Uh, we had bagels, and like I shared a poem with her, and we just... We hit it off, and then as when we left, so then I, I said goodbye, and she gave me a postcard. Um, the name of the guy, he's like a Jewish, like French artist, painter. I can see the picture in my head. Um, Chagall, Marc Chagall. She gave me a Chagall, it was a postcard, or like or a card, like a postcard with a Chagall, and she wrote on the back, we will dance on it, we will dance. I thought that was cool, um, kind of mysterious. And then we went our separate ways, and then I went to Maine, and I came home, and I just couldn't, and I spent, I drove to Maine to visit a friend, and it was like the rest of that trip, I was probably gone for three or four more days till I got back home to Michigan. I was like, I could not get her out of my mind. We obviously got a very strong connection. I came back, I told my mother, that's the first thing I told my parents when I got back that late in the evening one night. And then, it's a long story, we can't go the whole story for now, but there's a lot, basically that, that's my, my wife, Ariella, um, who I met as a complete stranger in a park. Now there's a lot of effort that we that we that, that took place to get us from being complete strangers into being um, happily married with five children 21 years later, but the fact that um, I mean that we met that night that I even was in New York, it's unbelievable. And from that comes you know, my whole my whole life is different and changed and better for the for the best, and that is probably the most intense. Uh, aspect of Hashkaka process I've ever felt where I felt like Hashem got himself uh, inserted himself into my life and changed it for the better and so I'm very grateful for that okay this has been Baruch Meir Ben Yonah Levi with Hashkaka Pratis Hashkaka Pratit Synchronicity have a wonderful week This is Double Helix Felix the Dog reporting live from Third City inside my ice cream truck. Just ice cream from Dr. Free and Dr. Free Merchandise. This is word work. Now the word of the day today is going to be a concept, which is English, we'll call it dance. In Hebrew, it's the root. In Hebrew, or we call it Webrew, the roots of the, of the words are important. The three-letter root, I think, is Resh Kuf Dalid. We don't call this word play, we call this word work, like William Wordsworth, we know that words are worth. More than just the different dictionary definitions, each word is a spell, a magic incantation, and we are the magicians recognizing the relations between their letters and their orders, syllables, abbreviations, upside down, inside out, backwards, forwards, interpretations like the following. Now it happens to be the word, or the root, reish, kuf, is the word to dance. 
And similarly, there's a word, which is merakade, which is one of the 39 malachas, one of the the types of work that was done to build the Mishkan, the place where the Shekhinah, where Hashem, where God's presence dwelled in the in the tabernacle, in the Mishkan, in the in the wilderness. And we learn out how we observe the traditional Jewish Sabbath um, from these this work. And one of the works was, or the malach as we call it, is a merakid, which is sifting. It's a similar root. It comes from merakid. You can hear the difference. The sound is merakid and rikud, resh kuf dal, or r k and d are the kind of the sounds that go with that. And the connection, I think, is when you're sifting something, you kind of have to shake it back and forth. So it looked like the things that you're sifting are dancing. I think the deeper message is that your life can be itself a dance, even doing the simple task of, let's say, sifting or sweeping. And that's our word work this week. So I hope you enjoy yourself. Have a wonderful week. This is Double Helix, Felix the Dog, reporting live from my ice cream truck deep down in Third City. Have a great week. This is Mayor Ark here at Shari Dima, the secret underground basement shtibel for the bluish people here in Third City, where the bluish people come to sing and dance and play and learn together. Now this week we'll be exploring one of the other tools of Dr. Free, actually another one of those jive senses. Now if you remember from last week, the jive senses are sense upgrades that Dr. Free teaches and shares us through his technology. They're called Music, Math, Dance, Love, and Light each one an upgrade of the original five senses. Now this week we're going to talk about dance. Dance is the upgrade on your sense of touch. Now your normal sense of touch encompasses hot and cold and pressure and lack of pressure, but the sense of dance is a way to, of conceptualizing all movements as a dance. Just like last week we discussed conceptualizing all sound as music. So put a swing in your step and a groove in your move and let the sense of dance enhance your day. This is Mayor Ark from the basement steeple of the bluish people here in Third City where we sing, we play, we learn, and we dance. Have a great week. This is Brandon the Bluesmith coming to you from the Banalis Podcast. I'm speaking to you live from the HMS Banalis outside of Third City, riding the waves of the Sister Sea under a clear blue sky. This is Pirate Radio from the School of Wishes, WEWE 22.2 on your dial. Now the goal of the Banalis Podcast is to give you kids out there inside of Third City who may have come across our station to know some background and history of Third City. What's really happening and how you can be part of making a change. Now this week we're gonna discuss the larger goals of Dr. Free and the WE, the Worthwhile Endeavor, the organization that he's started. One of our overreaching goals is to transform the casket call complex and the whole nature of the game from one of, from one of extreme competition, including life and death situations in the body through gambling and the wallet. Basketball started as a game that was made for fun. 
It has grown into an industry based on death and destruction. We want to transform Casket Call back to its pure roots and reestablish it as Basket Ballet. Or with a Canadian accent, you could say it Basketball, eh? Where the beauty of the movement of the game, the overarching dance of the sport, is back in balance with the win-lose aspect. The competition and the cooperation are balanced. We are here to de-emphasize winning and losing while not destroying it completely. Part of this training happens through the study of the 23rd century cooperative martial art known as the Fun Do. It's a mindful art and a martial sport for the masses. The means for getting our phones down and our smiles up, reconnecting to our human beings in all their glory and color. Fundu is based on the ancient teaching from Shtel Tzu, the great teacher of ghost eyes who trained her from her earliest days. She is curious and present and in the game. We're yearning for the day when Fundu can infect Kaskakal and bring basketball back into the world. We want Kaskakal to be basketball or basketball That's one of the goals of Dr. Free and the WE. How can you do that? Not sure you can help, but you can put a swing in your step and use some dance to enhance your everyday movements. Make sure when you're playing games that you're sharing, you're caring, you're trying, you're moving, you're winning, but you're not killing. Because murder and death is not what we're going for. We're going for love, connection, peace. This is Brandon Bluesmith. From Planet Peace, WEWE 22.2 on your dial. The Banalist Ship for the Banalist Podcast. To all the kids in Third City, come join us in the School of Wishes. Go to www.drfree.com and see if you can find an outlet. Have a wonderful day. This is Propaganda Panda, also known as the Bipolar Bear. This week, the podcast is sponsored by Dr. Free and Dr. Free Merchandise. The kids at the School of Wishes are hard at work. They're paying their gills. They're down below the sea. They're collecting clams from the ancient sister sea. They're bringing them up to the banana ship. They're taking out the pearls. They're grinding them. They're sifting them. And they're getting what's called the jam powder. Jam powder puts your spice in your step, enhance your dance, keep your kept that motion from the ocean that you can only get from the jam powder. This week, you can get free jam powder. All you got to do is go to www.drfree.com, put on the coupon code jam powder, that's J-A-M powder, P-O-W-D-E-R, for your lifetime supply of jam powder. Just put some spice in your step, hand your dance. This is Propaganda Panda, also known as the Bipolar Bear. Have a wonderful week. Jimmy Beat felt that feeling in the pit of his stomach. That feeling you get when you know you're in for some trouble. He was back in the gray fields, no colors, 
all the kids from Third City looked depressed. They had spirit spies on their foreheads. They had spirit spies orbiting their arms, their legs. And it seemed like no one could see the spirit spies except for him. The rest of the kids from the School of Wishes met up with Felix the dog and went downtown. He knew he had to go to his house, tell his mom what ghost eyes told, told him that she, he should say. And then he was told that he should wait outside his apartment until Felix the dog was going to get him and take him back, back to ghost eyes outside the third city. So Jimmy Beat made his way, walking down the street, looking left and right, down the sidewalk. He took a deep breath. He could feel his eyes starting to get tired, and he knew he couldn't go to sleep. The spirit spies were hypnotizing him. He was starting to think he needed something to eat, he needed something to drink. He wasn't really hungry, he just felt like hey, that would make him feel better. On the corner he saw somebody selling carrot sticks. So he thought he might buy some, but he realized it wasn't a good idea. The smoking rabbits were doing really well these days, and but he knew it probably wasn't good for him. But the spirit spies were coming closer now. As he got to his apartment, he went upstairs, he talked to his mom. He said, Mom, I got great news. I got some bad news too. She said, what is it, darling? He said, I got a scholarship to this really expensive private school. They're gonna take care of all the tuition, my room and board, my health insurance, even my algorithm insurance is gonna be paid for. She said, even your algorithm insurance is gonna be paid for? It's amazing. So what's the bad news? He said, well, it's not really in town. It's like outside of town, kind of. She said, outside of town? I didn't know people went outside of town. I don't think you're allowed to leave Third City. He said, well, I got special permission. And uh, it's a special school. She said, what is it called? He said, it's called the School of Wishes. She said, I've never heard of the School of Wishes before. He said, you can check out their website. She said, okay. So what's the bad news? I don't understand. Well, she said, I'm not going to probably speak to you for a while. I have to go out there, and their communications aren't so good. So I probably won't be able to talk to you for the next little while. So I just don't want you to worry. I want you to know everything's fine. And you don't have to worry about paying for me, anything from me anymore. And you could probably take a few less days off, a few more days off of work, I mean. So, Okay. She said, okay, honey, well, I just want you to be happy. That's the most important thing. I'm going to go to work now. Give me a hug and kiss. He gave his mother a hug and a kiss. He said, I'm sure you'll get back to me and tell me as soon as you can how things are going. I'm really happy and proud of you. I know Third City High School was not the right thing for you. You are just kind of sitting in one of those desks staring at your screen all day. So this is probably a better idea. Maybe this will help you get a job if there are any jobs left by the time you get out. So they parted ways. His mother went down the stairs and off to work in downtown in Paradise. She was a dealer in, one of the, in the casino. And Jimmy B grabbed a few things from his room, his baseball hat, his backpack. And as he headed downstairs, he saw Felix the dog waiting in his car, truck actually. 
as he walked out to the truck. Felix the dog pulled his head over out the window and said, There he is, Jimmy B. You remember me? He said, Of course I remember you. I haven't seen you on that banana ship. It feels like it's been months. He said, I think that was just yesterday. Whoa, said Jimmy B. I feel like it's been like months and months. Yeah, time is a little bit different when you go inside and outside of Third City back and forth. It's kind of relative. Hop in. So Jimmy B hopped into the front seat of the car and shut the door. It was an old truck with kind of brown leather seats, no seat belts, and Felix the dog started driving. They headed outside of garbage through consumer space. It's a little more color in consumer space, bigger houses, a little bit more green space as well. Lots of big malls and strip malls, lots of suburban subdivisions. As they get further out, it became more expensive and then suddenly started to fade out. Suddenly there was less houses, suddenly no houses. And there was just a little bit of space between where the suburbs end and where the gray field wall is. Felix the dog pulled up to the wall and parked. He said to Felix the dog, now what? Felix said, look, your job now is the following. You want to get into the school wishes, right? Yeah. It's not going to be so easy. Jamie said, well, last time I just got like, I don't know, I got mobilized all the way to the, to the banana ship. Isn't it going to be like easy for me to get back there? He said, no. He pointed, you see Dew Mountain there? You got to climb that mountain. Yeah, and you also got to, it's a scavenger hunt. You always got to get your eight tools. You can't get into school unless you have your school supplies. Now, along the way, you're going to be meeting people who are going to help you get those tools. But it's, gonna, it's not going to be easy. First, you're going to go back and meet Ghost Eyes. She's going to help you and then direct you what to do next. That's as much as I can really tell you now. So Jimmy B gave a hug to Felix the dog, and Felix the dog gave him some just ice cream just to take with them to eat. Jimmy B hopped out of the truck, put on his backpack and his hat. He said, wish me luck. Felix the dog said, you're going to do great. He turned the truck around and drove back to Third City. And there Jimmy B stood, facing the wall. As he looked more carefully and stepped closer, he could see each brick on the wall was a face. Each brick on the wall was a spirit spy. And they didn't look happy. Okay, you've made it to the flip side. Thank you for listening this week. I want to thank my wife for being encouraging and reminding me of a special trick that when you're feeling like you are inspired or cannot accomplish something to trick yourself into working on it for three minutes or five minutes or 20 minutes. And sometimes just by tricking yourself into working on something, uh, you'll get inspired, which is what happened. I called my wife and said, I think I'm going to just give up and I can't make 
keep doing this podcast until January. I should just try to work on it for like 10 or 20 minutes. And then I did. And then after I started, then I got, I got an idea. I got another idea. And here I am uh, 28 minutes later or whatever it is. So thanks again for listening. Um, and you should be blessed to be happy, to be safe, and to know that you're special.